So let's talk about music. My name is Sergio Verrer, and I'm a composer and a pianist of the classical persuasion. And today I have as a guest uh, David Dees, a composer that was introduced to me by Kurt Necht, the founder of, um, of Music Spoke, a person that I have in very high regard and that I admire as a musician. And, uh, and so we're going to spend some time chatting with Dave with uh, David. David? Yeah. David, David, is, is David is good. Yeah. David is good. Okay. Uh -huh. Hi, David. Hello. How are you doing today? I am good today. Good. Yes. Have you gotten your shots yet? Not yet. I just got qualified for them here. And so now it's a matter of finding them. So. Okay. That's good. Yep. And you? Glad. I did. I got good. my two shots by okay. nice... Uh, you know, some I got news that a place had extra shots, and oh, great, and uh, I was able to go there and get some shots because I don't qualify yet. But but my extras shots. are good. Yeah, good. Yeah. All right. So uh, I usually start these chats by asking by asking uh, how did you ever get to be a composer? I mean, how what was your path to get to this? Right, right. What was the path? Um, I started composing when I was pretty young, 10, 11, 12. Um, just screwing around on a piano and um, would look at, you know, Mozart scores and sheet music that I got from a store and started developing kind of a sense of, you know, how melodies interacted with with harmony and even a sense of form and started kind of writing my own, my own things fairly young. Um, mm -hmm. Was also interested in creative writing at the same time, thought I would pursue creative writing. And then very late in high school kind of realized that music had really bloomed and taken up a bigger, bigger part of my everything than I had really realized and decided to go with that. Um, so bachelor's, doctorate, you know, um, that kind of thing um, with lots of little twists and turns along the way, working for churches and, and uh, all sorts of gigs um, that we take on, so. Right. Yeah. And, okay. Um, so how did you arrive at your, at the music language that you're using? How did you, how, how did you? Right. And how would you describe it? Um, usually when people ask, I talk about kind of landing um, kind of between tonal and atonal. Mm -hmm. um, and also kind of, um, I mean, I had someone once characterize my music saying you're you're too academic for the people who like approachable music and you're too approachable for the people who like academic music. Um, <laughs> I think, I, I think that's kind of a, a negative characterization. I try to, I try to make my music available to a, a range of listening strategies. So if you listen for timbre, you can find a story to follow. If you listen for form, there's something, if there's melody, there's something. Um, hmm. But at the same time, I want to ask questions about how music can be. Sometimes they're little questions, sometimes they're bigger questions. 
So it's, it's, it's uh, kind of experimental, but I still want it to be available to people. Um, right. And that doesn't actually tell you how the music sounds at all, but it's, it's sort of the philosophy I personally use with. No, that's good. That's good. I, I think we all fall in that, in that place of wanting to be accessible and, and, and uh, you know, and also wanting to do new expressive things. Without alienating too many people, right, right, <laughs> you know, There's an acceptable percentage, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's very difficult. It's difficult because, you know, if you do it too conventional, then some musicians won't take it up. If you do it too abstract, some public won't go to the concerts, right. And, right. And it's a difficult path for any composer these days. Yep. So, yeah, and and uh, but. You know, we all have our own personalities and, and, and I had a mentor that said, you know, the only thing that you can bring to the table is you. Right. Really. And yep. so you have to bring you to the table, whatever yes. the consequences right. that are, because other than that, it always sounds right. It doesn't sound right. Yep. It's a little clunky or a little, yeah. a little canned or a little, yeah. Um, So as for, you know, actual structure with what I do, um, I, I, I decided very early on that I didn't like harmony <laughs> or oh. that I thought harmony was kind of, a, um, kind of arbitrary. I like once, once you start paying attention to enough passing tones and enough neighbor tones, you start mm -hmm. to think, you know, the rest of this stuff is also just neighbor tones and passing tones. And so what is this anyway? And, and, uh, So I, I really kind of cultivated my my ear as as sort of a contrapuntalist, generally. Got it. Um, yeah, with occasional occasional uses for a kind of horizontal structure, but or sort of vertical structure. The hand said vertical, the mouth said horizontal. Um, uh, so that's that's kind of how I compose and how I approach things. It's sort of how do I how do I put lines against each other? I see. Um, yeah. Interesting. That's very interesting. Now, let's let's get into the music a little bit. Let's. I was very intrigued by the by the oboe concerto mm -hmm. because there are there are some distinguishable patterns. Mm -hmm. Like right, and but how would you how would you approach someone that is not very, I mean, that is not a composer that is not very knowledgeable in music but likes classical music? What would you tell them to listen to, to listen for? in this piece what would you tell um, me are we talking about the third movement or the, the second, second you both the second. second movement yeah um so the the program notes uh for this movement talk about um the co-evolutionary relationship between fig wasps and figs um oh. because a, a female <laughs> surprise um <laughs> that's not what i thought but <laughs> <laughs> um, what so, is this the, the, okay so go ahead right. so um so a female fig wasp will crawl into an immature fruit and lay her eggs inside the fruit okay but the fruit closes around her and it's very sticky she, she never escapes it she dies in there her wings get pulled off by structures inside the, the fruit and it closes and then her larva can puncture their way through the the skin And they go off and you know live their lives, but she's she's dead in in the, the fig. Oh wow! Um, 
and so I, I heard about this and I and I was thinking, you know, this, this, you can see this as sort of a, you know, parasitic or some sort of sort of thing, but you can also see it as like a transformation or a transmutation. Right. That the that the female wasp becomes the fruit. I see. And so this is a set of variations where each variation um, takes an original theme. Um, that's meant to sound kind of vaguely folkloric and vaguely folkloric to the Mediterranean, although it's because of figs. I see. Um, and then um, kind of goes through these sets of variations where sometimes, and so the, the, the oboe is the fig. I'm sorry, the oboe is the wasp the and wasp. the orchestra I is see. the fig. Oh. And so there are times when the, the orchestra is deliberately imitating the oboe in ways to sort of confuse and ensnare it sometimes they're sounding very sticky sometimes there are points i mean there's a, a distinct point where the 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 figs but the, the wasp's body is starting to dissolve and you get these sort of little moments here and there of just sort of you know a leg a wing an antenna um, <laughs> and, and, um, and then at the end you get this really full presentation where the oboe has been incorporated into the ensemble. I see. Yeah. 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 It um, disappeared from me. And I said, where did it go? But now I see what you're. That's why it that's disappears. Why. Yeah. It gets absorbed into the orchestra. I see. Um, yeah. Okay, and that's fascinating. Okay. Let's hear it because now I, now I want to hear it again. <laughs> <laughs> now I understand what you're doing. I, you know, I, I saw transmutation. So I, so I figured something was going to happen, but. Let me let me um, let me do my share my screen. Mm -hmm.
Bravo. Thanks. No, I, you really, I mean, yeah, it, it works. It does work with, with the, with the thing about the, it, it, it does what you say it does, but it, you know, it gets absorbed. And then there is the climax when it's kind of, it's, it's pretty much the death of the, yes. you know? Yes. It is. And then you just have the, the fruit. The yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I, you know, one thing we should stop doing is calling it academic music. That's, that's true. That's derogatory. It's like calling that's a person true. that likes to study nerd. It's like all this stuff. It's not academic music. It is music. It's right. just, it's just, you just have to tune in. Yeah. The only thing I'm afraid of when I listen to, to this music is that I'm going to start to like it too much. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm going to tell you a story. I was doing my first piano concerto and mm -hmm. uh, I was very you know, Prokofiev Shostakovich tunnel, you know, mm -hmm. a little bit dissonant, but tunnel. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, I decided, I'm just going to do a joke. I'm going to put eight bars of eight tonal music, just for the fun of it. Sure. Then I put the eight, ton eight bars there. And I said, no, I like it. <laughs> and I added another eight bars. <laughs> and I left it at that. But, you know, it's, uh, it's alluring, but... And I could see the little parts getting. Do you have a piano in the orchestra? Oh yes, yeah. Yes, I could. I could. There is moments that you can hear the parts being torn apart. Yes. Of the, you know, wow. Okay. And but I <laughs> I couldn't have gotten it without the the, you know. The, yeah. You know, yeah. It would have been diff, because I didn't know what happened with the oboe. What you know what? Right. And right. I and I knew you arrived at a climax like at the seventh minute. Right, right, right. But I didn't know, you know, it was, I mean, there are things I noticed, but with the explanation and everything, then you can get into it because the 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 basic, you know, the, the conventional forms, the conventional language isn't there. So you're learning a language. Right. You're learning the composer's language. Right. And so, you know, you need a little help. Yep. And I think it always does, but it, I'm I'm excited because I got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh no, it's fun to watch your face. I mean, I like the moment the moment where it's it's pieces pieces of yeah. the the wasp. Like you, this this yeah, look came I, over your oh, face. Like, that is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. That's great. Well, I'm glad I'm glad we're doing this. I always I call this my weekly music lesson. <laughs> I'm, I'm just getting the lesson from composers. Sure. This is the best people to get it from. Right. Okay. So how about if we go to the next one? This, this is a short piece, the, the song piece with the, with the two yes. sopranos. Yes. What is the poem? What does it say? So it's, it's a poem by E.E. E. Cummings. Uh -huh. And the, um, it's two sentences or two halves of a sentence that have been cut into each other. One of them is, be in the only rose... And the other sentence is, unmoving, are you asleep? But he's, he's set half of it inside the other, like one is, is kind of interspersed with the other. It's very E.E. E. Cummings, you know, and it's E.E. E. Cummings at his most, 
maybe not as most, but it's certainly the more um, visual. I see, of, I see. You know, so if you're looking at it visually, you can kind of piece together the syllables. Um, and I wanted to tr see if I could translate that piecing together into something you could hear. And if you, if you trace the poem while you're listening to it, you can actually hear every syllable cutting in exactly when it should and um, yeah. I see. So the two sentences are again? Be in the only rose. Be in the be, only like be like e? like yeah. Another 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 <laughs> okay. another wasp, another bee. Right. Uh, be in the only rose, unmoving are you asleep? Oh so it's like he's seeing a, a yeah. bee yeah. sitting in the rose and and wrote this yeah. little phrase and then did this visual treatment of the two. Okay. Um, okay, this is going to be... Okay, so here it is. This is two sopranos, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. You use some interesting voice effects too. Thank you. That was very interesting. It was just kind of a vignette. Is it? It's part of a bigger work. No, it's one little standalone. Wow. Two-minute vocal piece, two and a half, whatever it is. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was written for um, for two sopranos who had known each other for decades, and no one had ever written them a duet. Oh. And they both happened to be singing on my for CD on separate pieces. And I thought, you know, no one's ever written you a duet. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> and so, um, and as it happens, this is the only duet that was written for them because Judy Kellick has since passed away. So, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. All right. And we get to the last one, which is Arqueología de la Razón de los Sueños. Yes. Why in Spanish all of a sudden? All of a sudden, um, if you look through my catalog, there's a few things that are in Spanish here and there, uh, partially I'm bilingual, but also um, this is an homage to Mompu. And I thought about t titling it in Catalan, but I don't speak Catalan. And 
I figured people had half a chance of pronouncing it if it were Spanish, but in Catalan it would be harder for most people. Yeah. But also um, the piece, I mean the name and the, the piece, it's it's for Mom, it's 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 an homage to Mompu, but it's also thinking about you know the Spanish surrealists and Lorca and that whole kind of surreal world. And so that's why it's archaeology of the of the logic of dreams. Um, or the reason of oh. dreams, because it's it's intended to kind of bring a surreal sensibility to it. Um, yeah. yeah, and so the Spanish and is for them. What should I listen for? This is this is an interesting piece because what what should I, yeah what what is wants to be listened um, in this thing? What do you um, think? I think. Um, gosh, um, I mean, technically it's an easy piece, but there's a lot of color. Uh, and for pianists, it's often the challenge is getting to the color. Um, it's, it's, it's gonna, it, there's a lot of sharp juxtapositions. And so the, the, the listening I think is, is, um, is really dreamlike. It's meant to, it's meant to feel like you're in a dream and all of a sudden you're seeing something awful and then you're seeing something boring and then you're seeing something pleasant and and it kind of picks up on like a Stockhausen moment form partially because you never quite know what's going to hit you next yeah. um but also more like a dream where you really never know what's going to hit you next um uh, okay. it is it is a kind of loose ternary form or maybe not so loose ternary form but um yeah i i that's what I felt when I heard it, that there is no real form to this, but but there is a dreamlike kind of ambience yeah. that is taking place. Yeah, um, there's there's more form than it lets on yeah. to have. Well, I, I couldn't... But that's intentional. The idea is that you should have a feeling that there's something holding to this together, but I can't put my finger on what's holding it together. Right. Okay. Yeah. Let's hear it.
Yeah. Okay. So that was kind of a dreamlike trance. I, I saw a little bit of structure in that there is kind of a melodic line and then there's some chords or groups of notes and then kind of melodic kind of and then chords and then like that. Yes. That's yep. the Yep. And there's a there's a melody that's actually repeated in the first that happens in the first A section and comes back. I see. But when the accompanying material interrupts it, it there are different points where it gets interrupted, it gets interrupted by different stuff. So you have the feeling that this melody, you've heard this thing before, you know these gestures, but the context has changed. Yeah. One thing yeah. that I recommend to anyone that listens to this music is to listen to that a few times, especially mm -hmm. when the language of the piece is new to one. You cannot expect to get it the first time. It's really, it's really too much to ask of anyone to get into this into a different musical language and just get it, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. No, I don't get it like that. I, I start seeing it after once or twice or three times, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and uh, it's, uh, but it's definitely, it's, a, it's an interesting game. It's an interesting listening experience. If, you, experience. if you let yourself get into it, if you don't, reject it offhand as weird or as strange or as something, and you get into it, I think there is a lot to be gotten out of it. I think. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Um, yeah, I, 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 when I'm writing, I, my goal is to make repeated listenings worth it, to reward a repeated listening. Because if you hear it once and you think you got it and you're done and that's fine, then there's no reason to return. There's no, there's nothing more in that well, and you just turn the page and you're on to the next piece. But I think if you can write a piece that bears repeated listening, then well, it requires repeated listening in some, in, in a sense, because you, yeah. you're not gonna get it the first time. I mean, I, th I mean, if I'm measuring against myself that I'm a composer. Mm -hmm. How many people in a, in an audience that are not trained musicians, if I have to listen to it several times to really get it, how many people are going to get it like that mm -hmm. instantly? I mean, it's, it's I, kind of... I, I think it's, it's a matter of what you're listening for, too, because um, there's a sensuality to the Mompu, to the, to the, the archaeology piece, that if you, did it on a, if you did it on a program with a bunch of WC and Ravel and maybe a little Mompu, it would, it would just be part of the same texture feel like further down the same road i see but it but it but there's a sensuality and it's you know i've, I've had people respond well to live performances of pieces but it's almost always the sort of sensual aspect uh, at the elbow concerto i had so many people coming up to me and really focusing on all kinds of different perspectives one person talked about i mean a lot of people talked about the second movement as just being heartbreaking uh, but they had the program note that talked about the fig I and the wasp, so they had right. a way in on that one. But uh, the third movement is a gazal, is a gazal. Uh, and so it's this Arabic poetry form that Lorca used, sort of, um, that I'm using as a musical form. And I had a woman come up to me just teary and was quoting Rumi to me because she knew this Rumi gazal. I had a, another student who came, or a, a, someone who's clearly a student came up to me and um, 
was talking about the climactic moment of the second movement. He said the texture was so thick. I felt like I could taste it. I felt like there was something like it was it was so overwhelming but so tactile um and so how did you get it how did you get a sound that thick um so i i think people find ways in and i think um you know i think part of of framing archaeologia as connected to the way you think in dreams that gives people a way in that says you don't have to absolutely understand the form when you hear it, but you can hear for a, a kind of a, a way of thinking that's enacted in the music that you might get. No, I or, understand. No, there, you know, there's something you can get, but definitely to. And, and I try to leave enough that they want to come back for more. Right. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. No, yeah. it's. Yeah. It, I also like to put in things for repeated listening so that. You know, I like to do that in a more conventional style with more counterpoint and more things hidden in the texture so that mm -hmm. you want to come back and when you hear the texture again, you say, oh, there is this too. And mm -hmm. there is this too. Mm -hmm. So we all want to do that. We all want yep. to bring people back right. into, into the music, right? right? But different strategies for it. Right. Yeah. Different. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, we're getting to the end of the time. Uh, okay. I... I want to thank you very much for sharing this time with me and for yeah. sharing your music with with our audience. And yes. um, and uh, let's this be the start of a beautiful friendship. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. And uh, that, that that's all, folks. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you.